This is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Jim Kramer provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. So listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer with Kramer Investment Services. If you'd like to learn more information about what you hear during our show today, give us a call for callers in Wisconsin. Our number is 262-729-4128. Callers in Illinois can reach us at 815-331-8096. Feel free to visit our website at www.kramerinvestmentservices.com. That's K-R-A-M-E-R, Investment Services. And in the Media Library tab, you can see all of our past podcasts and subscribers to Apple Podcasts and Spotify can listen to those podcasts as well. Don't hesitate to reach out with us to us with any questions or if you let, wish to set up a face-to-face meeting. So our topic today is going to be about eye-popping retirement statistics. Now, we are now in spring and baseball season is around the corner. And I've always been interested in baseball. I played it as a kid and I was always into statistics. And baseball, whenever you watch the sport, when a batter comes up to the plate, they're always posting their batting average, their home runs for the year, runs batted in. So I was always tracking that with with players in the in the sport, whether they are a pitcher or a hitter. And you know, there's so many greats that I'd followed over the years. In the 1970s growing up, I was really fascinated with baseball and I'd follow Pete Rose. And I thought at that time, and I still think to this day, he was the greatest player I've ever seen. I went, I saw him at a game in Wrigley Field in Chicago and I was right up there before the game started and he was literally within about 10 feet from me. And I just thought that was the greatest thing in the world. He well, had, yeah, that's he, awesome. He had over 4,200 hits throughout his entire career. Oh. Ty Cobb uh, had the highest career batting average, which was an astounding 366. And if you follow baseball in the professional game, to get a hit 36.6% of the time is is amazing. So somebody who doesn't follow baseball would think, well, that's not very good, but it really is in baseball. And Hank Aaron was, uh, in my opinion, the greatest power hitter of all time. He died recently this year, but he had about 2,300 runs batted in and over 750 home runs throughout his career. He was absolutely amazing. Um, Now, today they've added a couple of other performance metrics that baseball people can use to determine how best to utilize a baseball player's skill. Uh, But this is not going to be a baseball show today, folks. This is going to be about retirement statistics and as investors as retirees how do we best utilize the knowledge of these statistics to help us in making plans proactively so we're going to discuss retirement statistics today but before we do I want to introduce you to my co-host Tony Shore Tony how are you doing today 
Well, I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, this sounds like a good one. Sounds like you've got a great one lined up. And wow, I love uh, the baseball story and analogy. And I like, I always like a good sports analogy and uh, some sports talk, working that into the show. Uh, but you're right, statistics. Uh, we all look at statistics, especially when it comes to baseball players and sports. But you also need to look at uh, retirement statistics and financial statistics that uh, really will help you see where you're going to need to be at financially and help you to avoid some costly mistakes out there. Uh, first of all, I've had a great week. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, just been getting outside a little more as usual, busy. How about you? Are you keeping busy? Uh, absolutely. I had a great weekend. Nice weather to be outside. I spent some time trying to train my dog. I think I've told you before in the past <laughs> that uh, he, she's a little wily and a little out of control. So she's starting yeah. to understand some commands. I admit she's a slow learner, um, yeah. but she's coming along and we had a good yeah, time. That's good. That's that's good. So now uh, we're going to get a... oh. We're going to do a stock market update. Thanks for the intro, Tony. All right. Yes. So, so far, as of today, the S&P 500 is up over 5% year to date. The Dow Jones is up 8% year to date. So far, the Dow Jones is the leader of the pack, while the NASDAQ Stock Exchange, which was the leader last year, is up around 3.5%. So in the United States, the stock market is up. All three major indices are having a good first quarter of the year. And then the lagger this year has really been the U.S. bond market, which is down about 3.5% this year. Now, that is one of the worst starts for the bond market in our history. And that's going back a long time. If I look to over the past decade, the bond market has averaged around 3% per year, which in my opinion is right around what our inflation rate has been. So sure. over time, uh, even though the bond market has been very, very slow, it tends to be to some degree a hedge against inflation. Of course, it's easy for me to say that over time, whereas this year so far, bond investors are way behind inflation and losing ground. So it's yeah, a, over the past year, last year, and now into this year, bonds are are really not good. No, not not at good all. at all. Now, in the long run, we do believe that's going to correct itself. But for the bond market, it is never a place to be if you're looking to do better than inflation. Whereas stocks over time tend to do better, and right now it's a very stock market heavy uh, investor universe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. Well, and that's interesting. I'm glad you brought us up to speed on where we're at. Now, on our topic of retirement statistics, uh, where do you want to start? Well, there's a number of places where we could start, Tony, but I want to start out by talking about Social Security because it is such an important program for so many Americans. Uh, and there's so many articles out there about it. But what I have found consistently being said that on average, Social Security replaces only 40% of an average person's pre-retirement income. So that means for every $10 that you make at work, you're most likely to receive around $4. And for high income earners, that percentage is even lower. Now, experts generally agree that you're going to need anywhere from 70 to 80% of your pre-retirement income. And since Social Security only replaces 40% of it, well, you're going to have to make up for that somewhere. And most likely that's going to be in your retirement savings. Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess you, pro you probably would. 
And it's definitely attention getting because I think some people out there, especially younger workers, sometimes fall into that trap of thinking that, hey, Social Security is the kind of end all be all of building a retirement strategy. But the reality is it, it it's just a component of a retirement strategy. It's just it's the base, but it's a, a small part of the overall strategy, isn't it? That's right. And from the beginning, when Social Security first came out around 1935, it was never designed to be a full replacement of our pre-retirement income. Is exactly right. So here's another retirement stat from a recent Motley Fool article titled 40 Sad Facts About Retirement. 55% of workers leaving the labor force end up doing so sooner than what they expected. And as you might have guessed, the number one reason for this change is because of health reasons. So as you build on your retirement strategy, you may want to build a plan B strategy in case this happens to you. Yeah. And that stat really drives home the fact that you need to have a financial strategy that can move, uh, that can adapt to change and, and uh, you know, pivot as circumstances change. Right, exactly. So that same Motley, Motley Fool article notes that only six in 10 workers are saving anything towards retirement these days. So that four in, that four in 10 people may retire and solely live on Social Security is really... Uh, it's heart sinking and I feel bad for these yeah. people. And so so since Social Security only replaces about 40 percent of an average person's pre-retirement income uh, for those individuals that haven't saved, they're going to have to work longer. There is no other way around that. And there's no plan B strategy, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's a significant number, Jim. I mean, Forty uh, percent. Uh, if any of our listeners today are in that category, they really need to put together a budget and start a savings plan. And if you're offered a 401k plan, obviously you have to take advantage of that. And uh, uh, the employer is often contributing to it as well, doing a match. And if they do, that's like free money uh, that you can put toward your retirement. It's going to help you to, uh, you know, not be in that category that's going to be solely reliant on Social Security, which just isn't going to be enough. I mean, even if you're saving and doing a good job of it, having a financial services professional like yourself uh, who can advise you on investment planning and tax planning and help you stay on track, That that's invaluable, isn't it? Right. So it's not just there's a lot of Americans that aren't saving at all. There's a lot of people that are not saving enough. So what I read from this same Motley Fool article was the average retirement savings for families ages 56 to 61 years old is only $163,577 on average. Now, years ago, Morningstar, which is a research firm that I use as a financial advisor and consumers, anyone can can register on the Morningstar site and read some of their really good articles. Years ago, they came out with a 4% rule, which states that in order to ensure that a person's retirement money will last 30 years, that they should only withdraw 4% of their overall savings each year to make sure that they do not run out of money. So if we've applied the 4% rule to the average savings for people in that same category, 56 to 61 years old, that would only generate $6,500 a year beyond what they normally get from Social Security. So for, oh. for, for people in those situations, it's just not going to cut it. And it puts them in danger of running out of money. I mean, that's a year. That's not a month. That's, that's right. terrible. 
And, and yet another reason to work with uh, someone like yourself, a financial professional. Ultimately, uh, there are incoming earning tools out there you can add to your strategy. And I know you help your clients and people you meet with uh, with that. So what do you have next for us? What's another retirement statistic that we need to be aware of that could wake us up here? Okay, so the next, next statistic is that only 8% of eligible workers are contributing to an IRA, whether it be a traditional or Roth IRA. 401k participation is much higher, but still not enough. 56% of eligible workers are contributing to a 401k, uh, but many employers do not offer it. So there's a lot of people wow. out there that are not saving. Uh, those in the workforce who don't have an employer-sponsored plan should definitely consider uh, setting up a traditional or Roth IRA for you. It's very beneficial from a tax standpoint to those individuals, and plus the earnings are tax-deferred, which could be very beneficial once you get to retirement. Yeah, I mean, that's eye-opening. That's 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 crazy. So what's the next stat you have for us? Next stat is about the 401k match that the employers make for their employees. Of those that contribute to a 401k in the United States, which again is only 56% of eligible workers in the United States, only 20% of those are taking complete advantage of their 401k match that the employer is offering. So for starters... Um, make sure you know how much the employer is willing to contribute to your plan and then contribute the necessary amount to get that full match from your employer. Now, normally we see that employers contribute 50% of a person's pay up to a maximum. That typical maximum is up to 6% of an employee's paycheck. So if you if your employer is going to contribute up to to um, uh half of up to 6%, make sure you contribute that 6% into your 401k. That is a 50% return on your money. That's guaranteed regardless of what the investments within the 401k does for you. And plus, you're going to get a tax break at the same time. And the fact is only 20% of eligible working um, uh, Americans are taking advantage of it. Oh, I don't think you have to be a financial expert to know that you should uh, not turn down free money, Jim. It's free money, right. And so the next stat here, again, it's not getting any better. According to Social Security, by the year 2034, the program itself will be bankrupt. Now, that's assuming that Congress does not raid the trust fund any further than they have over the years. And currently, there's about $1.8 trillion dollars in the Social Security Trust Fund to support Social Security recipients, which makes it really the largest pension fund in the world. But by 2034, that fund is expected to be out of money. And that's because the workforce is slowing while retirees are increasing. So there's going to be a lot more people going on to Social Security compared to the workforce, which supports Social Security through the payroll taxes. Now, unless something is done by either Congress or the Federal Reserve, by the year 2034, there's going to be an immediate 23% reduction in benefits. So you'll see about 77% of the program still funded by current workers, but there's no trust fund per se to support covering that other 23%. Now, my opinion is while this is this is on course for this to happen. That would be an absolute, I think you would agree with me, economic catastrophe if 
if uh, we see a 23% drop in retiree benefits through Social Security. So Congress or the Federal Reserve is going to have to step in or is we're going to have tremendous trouble. Right. And, and I mean, we've actually been here before. We've heard this story before. I mean, when I was young, I remember my parents in the news saying, oh, Social Security is only going to be solvent until 93. You know, in the early 80s, they said it would only be solvent until like sometime in the early 90s. Right. Right. But but uh, it's the third rail of politics, Social Security. You don't it's the nobody. Nobody wants to let that go away or. Uh, reduced by that much. So they're going to do some things to shore it up. I I, I really firmly believe that. It, I don't think it's going anywhere, but it is a possibility that benefits will be greatly reduced for future generations. So yeah, I think this is, yeah, this I, is a problem. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're talking about these eye popping retirement statistics and all of them uh, a lot of them uh, are regarding Social Security. There's a lot to be concerned about there. And it's another example of making sure that Social Security is just part of your retirement strategy and not your whole strategy. So what do you have next for us? All Jay? right. So let's let's move on to and let's go back to 401ks. So the average worker who's participating in a 401k is, is contributing around 6.2% of their paycheck as compared to five years ago, where they were contributing almost 7% of their paycheck. And the variance of contributions is very wide. I mean, there's many workers who make a lot of money that contribute up to the maximum that's offered by law under the 401k rules. And then there are many people, as we discussed before, that aren't even contributing at all. But there is a decline in savings over the last few years. I mean, I feel that we are a society that is way behind schedule regarding savings. And employees really do need to know uh, what's available to them, how much they can contribute. And a big reason for this drop, I believe now, is that many 401k plans are using an automated default system. So when a new employee enrolls, they automatically, unless they're told otherwise, will contribute a uh, I have them contribute a low percentage, such as 3% or less of their paycheck. And a lot of employees don't check in to see how much can extra can they contribute into the plan. Yeah. And a lot of times, unfortunately, what companies are doing is if, you know, you have to contribute 5% or 6% to get the full match. And so they set that automatic uh, when employee starts at three or four. So, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you're not getting the match then either. You have to put in enough to get the full employer match, like you say, and we right. can't state that enough. We've said it before on the show and I know we'll say it again. You're always telling me that Jim. And I think that's great advice. Obviously 401ks are so critical to the majority of Americans out there. Right. And so here's another 401k stat with, with 401ks, a person can generally take out a loan. And sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes that's a bad thing. Uh, the typical 401k loan balance in this country is $9,700. So a lot of people are doing it. I think a lot of people did it over the past year due to COVID. And the average loan rate is 1% over the U.S. prime. That's the typical rate, which right now would have the average loan interest rate at about four and a quarter percent. Now, this, it could be if, if you have no other choice, if you absolutely have to take out money and there's nothing else available, well, then you do what you have to do. But let's say you get uh, you have to leave work early. You, you get let go or 
you have uh, something else come up that you're you're no longer able to recover what you've taken out, uh, that could be a big problem and absolutely destroy your retirement plan. So unless it's absolutely necessary, I would always recommend not taking out a loan from that 401k. Leave it be, let it grow. Yeah, don't touch it. Uh, yeah, and uh, don't come anywhere near your 401k uh, plan or take a loan unless you talk to a financial professional first as well, right? Right. So here's another stat from the Motley Fool article that I cited earlier. Half of Americans have $5,000 or less socked away for retirement. Those in the ages 32 to 37 bracket have an alarmingly low retirement balance of just $480. $480, Tony. I think it's safe to say, and I've said this before, that Americans, we have a savings problem and we definitely need to step that up. Uh, to make sure that we're going to retire comfortably. And you also have to consider the fact that we're living longer. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, people people are living longer and longer, so you do have to take that into account. And, I mean, those numbers are, are surprising. I knew the stats wouldn't be good news, and it, it's actually worse than I thought. It is. Um, and so let's keep on to this, because I know this is not uh, positive news, but healthcare costs are a big problem. They're both... A problem now and it doesn't seem like it's going to be getting any better in the future and i i was pretty shocked to, to read this but on average a 65 year old going on to medicare and retiring is going to pay about two hundred and eighty thousand dollars in health care costs through medicare part b medicare supplement and out-of-pocket expenses throughout their lifetime and that does not even include long-term care expenses. And most employers do not pay for retirees' medical uh, uh, insurance once they retire. So that's a lot that people have to prepare for. And when you see the alarmingly low uh, savings rates that people have, it is a big concern. Well, sure. And when I talk to people who are getting ready to retire closer the topic of healthcare costs always comes up as a reason that they might be reluctant to retire in the cost of uh, healthcare and healthcare insurance. It's vital to make sure that your retirement strategy has a plan for managing that healthcare costs. Yes. And for retirees, the percentage that they pay for healthcare is greater than for households that are not retired. So 14% of the average retiree's income is dedicated towards healthcare compared to just 5% for working households. Wow. Well, my takeaway from that set is if you're still working, it may be a wise move to take full advantage of savings tools like HSAs uh, that you can use later after you're retired, otherwise known as health savings accounts. So uh, what's next? Okay, well, life expectancy. Now this is, you know, pretty eye-opening that one in four people now that are age 65 will live past the age of 90. So a 25% chance that you're going to get to age 90 right now, which is really amazing. So additionally for couples, there's a 50-50 chance that one spouse will live to age 90. That means you're going to need plenty of money for those additional years. You know, back to when my parents uh, retired and that was around 1990, Tony, so a little over 30 years ago. The average lifespan in retirement was less than 15 years for a retiree. And many people had pensions back then. 
Today, few people have pensions, and we could be looking at upwards of 30 years of retirement for a retiree these days. So it's a very different ballgame. Oh, I know that. I know people are living longer than ever, Jim. You know, I mentioned this on the show before, but my grandfather just turned 100. He's 100 years old, but he's mentally sharp and still active, still works on the farm. Yeah, that's really impressive. And so, you, Tony, you have really good genes, so maybe you are going to live to 100. Yeah, well, you never know. I, I think he uh, he worked a little harder than I do. I, I sit too much of the day. But, <laughs> Talking but to he's people out like there me. on the farm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, here's the next stat. One out of 10 people age 65 years old will make it past age 95. One in 10. Many retirement strategies use the assumption for good reason that people will live 30 years in retirement. So what if you are the one that's going to live that long? Many people assume that they won't and don't factor that in to their retirement years. Many people, I could say this over the years, have told me that they do not plan for the long term in their retirement because once they get to 90, the planning isn't very important to them. They want to make sure that they focus on the enjoyment of the earlier years in retirement. And they really don't think about that as far as age 90. Like, oh, that's not possible. My parents didn't live to age 90. But healthcare costs are completely different. What we know about uh, diet and exercise is completely different. And so many people are living longer lives. So my job, though, as a planner is to help guide them using useful statistics like what we're discussing today so we can also plan for not only the short and medium term parts of their retirement, but the long term as well, because you never know how long we're going to live. And this would be very easy if we had a crystal ball. Tony, do you have a crystal ball? (laughs) I don't have a crystal ball, Jim, but I assumed you did. I mean, you're always uh, helping people people plan for the future and i was hoping you'd tell me if my beloved minnesota vikings will ever win a super bowl and if it will happen in my lifetime well i don't have that crystal ball unfortunately tony but if i did i would absolutely tell you the answer and while it may never happen for you tony i'm you know you never know uh even for people like you you know being a vikings fan I know they haven't won it yet, but you never know. They might strike it. Never say never, Jim. Never That's say never. I, I like your optimistic You're attitude. telling me there's a chance. There is a chance, Tony. All right. So um, the next topic we're going to talk about is inflation and how it is expected to impact retirees. And you and me, Tony, we've talked about this before. The consumer price index, we believe, is a poor read on real inflation. And this Motley Fool article agrees in stating that real inflation over the next coming years is expected to grow by around 5.47% annually, while they anticipate Social Security to rise by, you know, by 2.6%. And that's because Social Security purely uses the consumer price index, which really only accounts for half to three quarters of real inflation. And I believe that's a flawed model. And That means every year that Social Security paycheck is going to be worth less and less due to inflation. Mm. It seems that the the one thing we can bank on is that healthcare costs and Social Security is going to require people out there to have a solid retirement strategy, but you don't have to do it alone. You can work with a qualified financial services professional like yourself, Jim, and that's invaluable to have the right strategies in place to make your retirement a success. 
uh, to really, you know, minimize that tax burden and make sure you're not missing out and and, uh, losing your money in places where you really don't have to be. If you're already in retirement, I know you specialize in working with retirees out there, no matter what their situation is, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, and, and whether they need wealth management or income planning or uh, reducing taxes or any combination thereof, I know you can put together a retirement plan for people to help uh, them meet their financial goals. But we're out of time for today's show. Jim, is there anything else you want to add today? Well, Tony, today we've talked about a lot of doom and gloom, and it's not always like that. I like to give people some good perspective on things, what's good, what to watch out for. And there's a lot of hope out there considering the information that we we discussed, but we use these these uh, statistics in order to help us to look for what to watch out for. Um, so if any of the listeners would like more information about what we, what we discussed today, I'd like to encourage you to visit my website at www.kramerinvestmentservices.com. And you can go back and, re- and listen to any of our past uh, podcasts as well as uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify Uh, subscribers can listen to any of our past podcasts and you can call our offices in Lake Geneva. Our office number is 262-729-4128. In McHenry, our number is 815-331-8096. And reach out with any questions or if you'd like to set up a face-to-face meeting, we are happy to help. All right. Sounds great. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Kramer Financial Talk with our host, Jim Kramer. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. Call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at kramerfinancialtalk.com. Fee-based planning and investment advisory services are offered by Kramen Investment Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin and Illinois. Insurance products and services are offered through Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. Kramer Investment Services, LLC, and Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. are affiliated companies. Jim Kramer and Kramer Investment Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representative representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.